Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. In this episode, we're gonna explore three valuable insights from Start at the End by Matt Wallard. This book is all about how to build products that create change. And as the title suggests, it's about starting at the end and getting very clear on how you want users to engage with or use the product itself. And then we work backwards from there and design the product in such a way that that outcome is more likely. So for example, you could design a fitness program that not only sells well, but actually helps customers develop the habits and the routines that are necessary to have success with the product. And of course, this can not only result in positive reviews, but also word of mouth referrals and even repeat business in the future. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a product manager or anyone else that wants to build products that create change. In this episode, we're gonna cover my favorite insights from the book and help you decide whether or not the book is right for you. Let's begin with insight number one. The goal should be to change user behavior. Nearly everything we come into contact on a daily basis affects our behavior. Everything from products to street signs to interfaces that we interact with, whether intentional or not, these things can affect our behavior on a regular and consistent basis. And yet, when we create our own products, we rarely focus enough on the behavioral outcomes that we're seeking to create. More often than not, what we end up focusing on is the product itself, or in some cases, the marketing campaign that we're gonna use to promote it, because these things tend to attract a lot more attention, be a little bit more tangible, and are things that we can more easily focus on. So for example, we might set out to create an online video guitar lessons platform, and we might focus on things like whether or not we should film in 4K, should we use slow motion video, should we use multi-angle video, should we cover songs, what kind of topics should we cover, all these kinds of decisions, but, we might not focus as much attention on how we can help people actually consume the content and build a practice routine, developing the habits that are necessary to make full use of the product itself. Now, deep down, we do understand the value of making a product that customers use. As I mentioned earlier, this can result in more positive reviews, word of mouth referral, and just generally much happier customers. We can create a greater impact in the world. But even still, we often focus more of our attention on the product itself, and as I mentioned earlier, possibly the marketing campaign, because these things are often more tangible and it's a little bit easier to focus on these things because behavioral change is often seen as this very difficult concept. But the main idea here behind insight number one is the goal at the end of the day should be changing user behavior, driving real usage and real engagement around our products and services. Now this begs the obvious question, which is how do we build products to create change? That takes us to insight number two design interventions to change user behavior. At the heart of this book is the intervention design process, or IDP for short. And the basic idea here is threefold. Number one, start with a clear sense of the behavior that you would like to change. Number two, create a behavioral statement to map existing pressures of the behavior. And number three, design, pilot, and test interventions to change or alter 
the behavior. Now, just to be clear, this is a very simplified version of the IDP process. The book is able to go into much more detail and explain all the nuances of exactly how to make this happen. But I just wanna give you a high-level overview of what the IDB process looks like and just a general sense of what you're trying to achieve. Now, when it comes to mapping existing pressures and designing your own interventions, you're really focusing on two things, promoting pressures and inhibiting pressures. So promoting pressures might include things like raising awareness, adding incentives, offering discounts. The goal here is to make the behavior more attractive. When it comes to inhibiting pressures, this might include eliminating steps, increasing convenience, reducing uncertainty. The general premise here is to make the behavior easier. Now, depending on exactly what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you might end up actually inverting your approach. So for example, instead of trying to increase promoting pressures and decrease inhibiting pressures, you might do the exact opposite. So for example, if you were trying to help people stop smoking, if you were a government making decisions around this, you might look to decrease promoting pressures, for example, making it illegal for cigarette companies to advertise cigarettes and to make it look like an attractive habit to start, and you might increase inhibiting pressures by making it more difficult to acquire cigarettes, by limiting where they can be bought and sold, and even making it so that, let's say, a gas station can sell cigarettes but might not be able to display them because displaying the product might serve as a regular trigger that encourages people to either return to the habit or maintain the habit or to consider the habit. So these are the kinds of things that you wanna think about. You can adjust promoting pressures and you could adjust inhibiting pressures depending on exactly what it is that you're trying to achieve. Now in the real world, things aren't always so black and white. It's not always obvious which interventions are gonna result in the behavioral change that you're trying to achieve. And so with that in mind, let's continue on to insight number three. Always pilot, test, and validate everything. It's really easy to fall into the trap of choosing an intervention based on what looks or sounds good. In fact, the psychology behind this is very similar to what we talked about earlier, where we tend to focus on the product itself or perhaps the marketing campaign because these things are more tangible and it tends to be easier to identify things that seem promising. But to do the IDP process correctly, it's absolutely critical that you pilot, test, and validate everything throughout the entire process, including the behavioral statement, the existing pressures that are causing the current behavior, and of course, any intervention ideas you might have for how you're going to change or alter the behavior. Now, a really big warning from the author is the idea that even if you start this process correctly, there is this tendency to abandon the process halfway through because you feel more informed and you feel more confident about your ability to make decisions. But again, very important to pilot and test everything throughout the entire process if you wanna make sure that you're choosing interventions that ultimately won't just look or sound good, but will truly be effective. Now, to be fair, and this is mentioned in the book, you won't always have perfect data. 
Sometimes you will conduct pilots or tests and the data will come back inconclusive. This will happen. You won't always have an absolutely clear outcome that defines whether or not your intervention is a good one or a bad one. And the book does address this and there's plenty of advice in the book about how to deal with these situations and when to know whether or not you can move forward. But the main message here behind insight number three is that it's critical throughout the entire process to pilot test, and validate early and often to avoid big mistakes. Anyway, those are my three favorite insights from the book. There is so much more covered here, including some very practical tips when it comes to intervention design and intervention selection, and perhaps most important of all, some really great information when it comes to the ethics of behavioral change and how to make sure that what you're doing is serving the long-term interests of your customers rather than just benefiting your own business. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a product manager, or anyone else that's interested in building products that create change, I recommend that you consider picking up a copy of Start at the End by Matt Wallert. That's it for this episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything that we covered here, let me know in the comment section down below. If you're listening to the audio edition of this episode, I'll include a link in the show notes that'll take you over to the comment section so you too can participate there. If you're interested in more content like this in the future, I recommend that you subscribe or follow my updates on social media so you don't miss out on future episodes. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to connecting with you again in a future episode.